It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Another Sunday, another loss. It's okay. Only four more weeks. Only four more weeks. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube, where I am live right now and live following every Carolina Panthers game, only four more weeks. Or you can also check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Because on Wednesdays for the rest of the regular season, I'm going to be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The Carolina Panthers 6. The New Orleans Saints 28. Well, I guess I was wrong, y'all. I said I, the Carolina Panthers are going to find a way to win this football game on Crossover Thursday with Ross Jackson, the host of Locked On Saints. I said because I felt it in my gut. Well, sick to my stomach watching this game again on this Sunday afternoon. My God. The numbers, <laughs> I honestly didn't really understand this until I looked at it again before coming on here live with y'all. And this is just incredible. The Carolina Panthers rushed for 204 yards and lost. They outgained the Saints 303 yards to 207 and lost. They ran 79 plays, 79, 79 plays to the Saints 52. 27 more plays in the Saints, and they lost. And going back, looking at it, they ran for 204 yards. The Saints had 207 yards total, and they lost. <laughs> this is just incredible. They find new ways to lose every single week. This team stinks. <laughs> I can't help but laugh. How the hell do you do that? How is that even possible at the NFL level to put up that stat and lose? Why? Well, because the passing game is trash, garbage, horrible. The worst passing offense in the NFL. That's how you lose a game when you have 204 rushing yards to their 207 total yards. That's how you lose. That's embarrassing, man. It truly is. And looking at the first half, like both the passing offenses were terrible. I think it was Fox about the stat. It was 58 
combined passing yards in the first half, the fewest in the NFL this season and a half, thankfully. I mean, I would hope there was never a game as poor as that passing yardage-wise in the NFL this season up until the point in the first half this afternoon. But my goodness, y'all, Bryce Young was 3 of 15 for 29 yards in the first half. Just brutal. And Bryce looked awful. Just terrible in the first half. And they came out. And they were at least taking shots. Mike Kay, friend of the show, the show, the Charlotte Observer, he tried to ask Chris Tabor, who was pissed off in the press conference. He tried to ask him, hey, you guys have been criticized for not taking shots, but you did today. And Chris just cut him off, didn't even actually let him ask the question. But they came out aggressive, threw the ball down the field on second down after they lost their offensive lineman, Justin McCray, to start off the game. So another guard uh, went out, of course, that's what keeps happening. But they were aggressive, threw it down the field to Mingo, overthrew him, threw it down the field to Stephon Sullivan, overthrew him. That was a recurring theme in the first half. Mingo was wide open for a touchdown. You go back to January when the Sugar Bowl was going on and Bryce Young was playing at Bama, he does not miss that throw. But here in Carolina, after getting his tail kicked in for weeks on weeks on end, now he's missing those throws. Just awful to miss that throw. And when he did connect with receivers, at least you would think it'd be a connection. Well, like DJ Chark on that fourth down, we're going to get down to the, get to the fourth down calls here in a moment. He drops the ball. So it was Bryce Young overthrowing receivers, receivers dropping the ball, or Bryce Young running for his life. And the only positive yardage you're getting on a passing play call was Bryce Young scrambling for a first down. That has been the recurring issue and theme all season long here in Carolina. Bryce was 13 of 36 for 137 yards, had a fumble, uh, and that was a max protection. They were trying to take a shot. They had eight guys back, eight guys protecting, and it got blown up. Embarrassing. He had a 48.0 passer rating today. So awful. Bryce didn't look good. Hasn't looked good all season long. Uh, yes, of course, a lot of that is on him. A lot of it is also on the receiver's inability to get open or catch the football on the offensive line's ability to protect. And Chris Tabor has asked about the offensive line. He's like, well, they, they can block when it comes to running the ball. Okay, we're well aware that they can do that. But can they protect No, that is a problem. And he's sitting there all frustrated, saying, I hate losing, yada, yada, yada. It's like, well, man, until you fix the offensive line and their inability to pass protect, well, this is what the result's going to be week in and week out. But this is just incredible. Again, the Carolina Panthers rushed for 204 yards. The Saints had 207 yards total. And the Panthers lost by 22 points. 22. Now, turnovers were, of course, an issue. The fumble directly resulted into a touchdown for the Saints. The offense for New Orleans didn't do anything like all day long. Derek Carr, like Bryce Young, did not eclipse 100 yards passing until the fourth quarter. Just He was putrid. He was god-awful, but somehow he's through for two touchdowns today. Uh, got the touchdown there to put him up seven. Or I think it was seven nothing at that point in time in the game. And then you have the block punt, which was ruled a fumble uh, by the league and like because Johnny Hecker, no one blocked on that play. Not people blocked, but the guy, someone missed the block on that play. Clear as we saw, Saints player runs scot-free and just destroys Johnny Hecker. And thank God he got up because I was concerned that he was going to be done for the rest of the game. That was not the case. Hecker didn't even punt the ball at all. Didn't Because they called it a fumble because he did not kick it. He just dropped it, trying to kick it, and got 
pulverized before he could even kick the ball, and the Saints took that back in for a touchdown. So even without those two turnovers, the Panthers still lose this football game because the passing offense is atrocious. It's the worst in the league, and it is beyond repair at this point in time as the Panthers fall to 1-12 on the season, a 28-6 loss in New Orleans. Again, only four more weeks to go. And thankfully, only four more weeks we have to watch of Thomas Brown's play calling, which remains an issue in Carolina. And there's no doubt that, you know what, Frank Reich, he had his issues, but Thomas Brown, he's got a lot of issues too. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Or if you're a Panthers fan, which you are, watch your team lose. I've been using DoorDash so much lately. I've gone to Hawthorne's Pizza like all the time. Mama Ricotta has got me some baked ziti. Uh, not, what, what did I get? Not baked ziti. What did I get? Panay Alavaca. Got that. Go check it out. A lot of great spots in Charlotte and wherever you live. You can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply again. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Shout out to the 110 sickos that are here with me live on YouTube as I am after every Carolina Panthers game about an hour or so after the game finishes. I'm here live with you breaking down the latest Carolina Panthers loss only four more of them and then we can move on with the rest of our lives and hope for a brighter future which we may not get but we'll see what happens but um man Thomas Brown good God this guy is awful just terrible let's fast forward to like week three of the season when everyone is out here just screaming for Thomas Brown to be the play caller I bet you feel foolish now and I'm not saying that you were wrong to feel that way but he's worse by far than Frank Reich my god this dude cannot call a play to save his life he is not good at this he is not he may be a good running backs coach or tight end coach but when it comes to calling plays at the National Football League level He ain't good at it. He wasn't really good at it back in college at Miami. So really shouldn't be surprised he's not good at it right now in the NFL. Did not seem to learn a lick of anything working with Sean McVay for all those years because we have not seen any of that carry over to Carolina. Now the personnel is not great. Uh, They have a different guard every week. I understand that. The quarterback's a rookie and he looks awful. So yeah, a lot of that is reason But he has not done anything to help this team. The Carolina Panthers in the five games Thomas Brown has been the play caller have scored five touchdowns. One, a two, a three, a four, five. Five touchdowns. That's all they've been able to muster up on offense. Now, they did score a touchdown in the Bears game, but that was on special teams. So the Bears and the Saints games, 
two games where Thomas Brown has been the play caller, the Panthers got a big old goose egg when it came to touchdowns. Embarrassing. Like this, I don't see when he's going to get an opportunity to be a play caller again. I really don't. I said this before that Frank Reich honestly uh, protected Thomas Brown in a way with the 0-6 start because had they been 0-6 and Thomas Brown was calling the plays and the offense looked like it had then and does now, his ass would have been fired. So he was for, he's fortunate to still be employed by the Carolina Panthers because if he was a play caller back when they started 0-6 again, he would have been fired. Instead, Frank Wright handed the play calling over to him because, well, that's just a natural thing to do. Something's got to change. And I told you all back then, it's not going to matter. The team stinks. But sure, let Thomas Brown call the plays. Let's move forward with him being the only guy talking to Bryce Young. If he's the future, it makes sense. But what wasn't going to change was the Panthers all of a sudden being a competent offense. They are anything but a competent offense right now. They are terrible, and Thomas Brown is a primary reason why that is. Five touchdowns in five games as an offensive play caller. Dude, you're never going to get an opportunity in the NFL again to be a play caller. Well, no, let's not say never, but I don't see it coming anytime soon. I don't know how anyone can sit here and be like, oh, it's not on Thomas Brown. Well, center stage, he's bad at this. Failed fourth down conversions were a problem today. The Panthers were one of seven on fourth down. Oh, a couple of those were in garbage time. Like the Panthers were down, oh, they're like down 21 to six when they went for one of them. And deep in their territory, it didn't really matter at that point in time. There was one where they uh, threw the ball. And, well, we'll get to that one in a second. There was late in the game, they had another one. Just a couple of these were garbage time. But the ones that I'm like mainly concerned about, are the fourth and six at New Orleans 46 in the first half, where no, it wasn't fourth and six, it was fourth and two, I think it was. What was it, fourth and six or fourth and two? It was fourth and two. I need to go, dang, I messed that up. It was fourth and two early in the game where they're going for it. Let me double check as we're doing this live because I wrote it down incorrectly, I believe. Uh, let's see, first half downs, where are we at? This is great podcasting by your guy. Uh, let's see, turnover on downs, it was fourth and two. Fourth and two, okay, I got it right. Fourth and two, I wrote it down wrong. Fourth and two from the New Orleans 46, they throw the ball deep down the sideline to DJ Chark. Jonathan Vilma, who was just reminiscing about the good old days in New Orleans throughout the broadcast, that was super fun to listen to. Uh, he was talking about how it was a bad throw by Bryce and all that. Okay, whether it was a bad throw or is intentional, DJ Chark's got to catch the football. And that's what I'm talking about. Bryce is either underthrowing or overthrowing receivers, or his receivers are getting open and just dropping the ball like we saw with DJ Chark on that passing play. But it goes back to last week, though. You ran the ball for 240 yards, 204 yards today. You ran the ball well last week with Chuba Hubbard. Chuba again ran the ball well today. And you're deciding on a fourth down and short to throw the football down the field. I don't understand why they just don't run the football in those situations. You look back to later on when it's fourth and one at New Orleans 36. Now, this is a play that actually worked. Raheem Blackshear, he just slipped. If he doesn't slip, he catches the ball. It's a first down. But again, it's fourth and one. You've tried this multiple times now and have failed by throwing the football. Just run the ball. Why don't they ever do that? And the one time he runs the ball on fourth down is the only time they converted fourth down all day long. 
I just, I can't, I can't with this dude. Only four more weeks, man. Only four more weeks. I keep telling myself that, but he's just bad in these short yardage situations. The Panthers offense line has been bad in short yardage situations for like a couple years now. For Thomas Brown, he doesn't even try to run the football when that's the only thing they're doing successfully. I don't understand why you having Bryce Young drop back in an empty set. When you run the ball effectively, I don't understand why he does that. The play should have worked with Blackshear. Yes, we all understand that. We saw what happened. But why not just run the football when that's what you're doing successfully? And it gets down to the goal line as well. Miles Sanders had a 48-yard run. The first time we've seen Miles Sanders look like the Miles Sanders we thought we were going to get here in Carolina this season. They get down there. Great play by the Saints defender to stop the Panthers there at the two-yard line. But on second and goal from the two after... You're at the one and lost yardage on that run, which maybe that's why he doesn't want to run the ball in fourth down. Uh, just give it a try, maybe, Thomas. Uh, they try to throw the ball in second and two instead of trying to run it, where that's how they got down the field in the first place. And Bryce Young, of course, gets sacked because the offensive line can't protect. But for whatever reason, Thomas Brown is unaware of the issues on the O-line and the fact that they're a weakness. So he's like, well, let's just throw the football. And then they, of course, have to kick a field goal. Just those situations, just they drive me nuts. Fourth and short, you don't run the ball. Fourth, the second down and goal, okay, you had a negative run play on the first down, but still, just run the ball. Why can he not do that? So Thomas Brown is a play caller, far worse than Frank Reich, and it's not going to change in four weeks. Only thing that's going to change is he'll be gone four weeks' time. Thank God we can all move on. Hopefully, whoever calls plays next year. And I can't imagine it can be worse, but hopefully they'll at least run the football when it's fourth down and one and we're at the goal line. And that's how they got down there in the first place. So Thomas Brown is a massive issue in Carolina. Derek Brown, though, is a massive issue for all teams that play against Carolina Panthers. He has had an outstanding season and he is one of the few bright spots. Got to give him some flowers and a Jero Vero. Like that guy should be a head coach somewhere. It should be here. It won't be here. But, man, let's talk about that defense because they they played well. And yet another wasted defensive performance today for the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James, who hoisted the NBA Cup on Saturday night, if you guys were watching the in-season tournament. I did not check it out, but congrats to the Lakers, I guess. But you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, uh, Mr. Taylor Swift, at a 10.5 combo projection of three-pointers made and receptions and potentially win 25 times your money. Uh, Price picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entries in less than 60 seconds. It's that easy. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for your first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
As is tradition here in Carolina, the Panthers' defense plays well enough to win the game, and the Panthers' offense does absolutely nothing to help them out. That was the case again on Sunday as Panthers fell 28-6 in New Orleans. Panthers, wow, again, rushed for 204 yards and lost. They held the Saints to 207 yards on the afternoon. 14 total first downs to the Saints. They ran 27 less plays in the Carolina Panthers, 3 of 10 on third down. Derek Carr was terrible. 18 of 26 for 119 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Did not need to throw a touchdown in this game, and they would have won the game. That is, he's he was bad. Really, and I, I give him, I guess, well, no, I guess. I definitely give him some... Uh, some slack because the dude was in concussion, concussion protocol like all week. Is playing with injured ribs. He's just banged up. And he went out there and, and fought for his team. So credit to Derek Carr, but he was bad. When Derek Carr plays as bad as he did today, you should be able to beat him. And when you hold any team in the NFL to 207 yards, you should be able to beat him. And I want to go back. Let me quickly do this while I'm up here. because I want to go back to the Falcons game. Was, wasn't it pretty similar to... The Falcons total yardage in that game. Falcons had 221 yards and won the game based off of two turnovers in that game, of course. But that's same case. Panthers defense was excellent, and that's a game they should be able to win. Now, yeah, at the end of the day, they gave up 21 points, and you know, 21 points, you should be able to win. That's competitive. Any competent offense in the NFL can win a game if their defense only allows 21 points. And the fact that the defense also probably got tired. Uh, I don't even know if they should have got tired. They didn't. They weren't out there that long. The Panthers were out longer, I guess, with plays. I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh, it's frustrating to watch, and I'm sure all of you are frustrated by it all, and I can only imagine what Derek Brown uh, must feel like heading into that locker room. He was great again today. Ten tackles, five solo, had an interception where he bats it down, gets the pick. Just an outstanding play, the second interception of his career. He's someone who should get paid a ton of money this offseason. We're talking about Brian Burns and his contract negotiations. Let's go ahead and just put those off to the side, and let's get Derek Brown uh, shored up. Let's make sure he gets paid, because he has had a far better season than Brian Burns, and he looks like he's a better player than Brian Burns. Is Derek Brown now the Carolina Panthers' best player? Maybe that's a conversation we can have another day here on the show, but he was excellent today. And the defense as a whole was excellent. I thought J.C. Horn played well. There's that one-shot play. Uh, A.T. Perry, the Wake Forest uh, player, he went out there and made a big play that got the Saints down the field to score a touchdown that effectively ended the game uh, on the afternoon. So for other than that, that secondary played well. That overall as a defense, they played well. And that gets me back to Jero Averro. He has done a great job with this defense. They might not rank high in all the stats, but when you bring in context of not having Shaq Thompson as much time as J.C. Horn missed, Von Bell having missed four games so far this season, Xavier Woods missing time, you got to give the dude a ton of credit for what he's been able to do and get out of this unit this year. And we go back to the report earlier this week. There was talks about the infighting uh, amongst the offense coaching staff, in large part because a lot of these guys had not worked with Frank Reich before, and they're looking out for number one. They're not looking out for what the best interest of the team is. They're going behind Frank Reich's uh, back and talking to the owner, and they're trying to find a way how they can have Andy Dalton be the starting quarterback and not Bryce Young. You haven't heard any of that on defense, and you would think defense is where they would have issues because of the amount of guys that have been out so far this season. There has not been infighting on the defensive side of the ball. At least that's not what's been reported. There's been continuity, which is important to have because a lot of these guys worked with Jero Rivero. It's been 
different corner after different corner. They've had to put in new linebackers in there, and they have gone out and they have been competitive. They have given this team a chance to win almost every Sunday this season. If the offense just would give them anything, they would have more than one win. And that's the frustrating too about the thing about the season two is the fact that you got three teams in the division at six and seven, and then the Panthers sitting there at one and twelve. If they just had a capable offense like we thought they had with this defense, even with the injuries that they have sustained defensively, this is a team that's right there in the hunt for a divisional title. But instead, they're 1-12, Frank Reich's fired, and we're wondering what the future looks like. And the future should look like a Jero Vero being the head coach of this team, or at least get, getting an opportunity somewhere. I don't see – we're – the NFL reporters are talking about it's going to be a bloodbath. There could be like eight, nine open jobs coming up here with the coaching cycle, which is awful for the Carolina Panthers, that there could be that many jobs available because that just makes it even more difficult for them to hire a head coach. And they're going to be at the bottom. This is going to be the job that no one wants. And because they're going to be at the bottom, they're probably going to be hiring another coach in a couple years' time because they're just not going to get a guy who actually should be a head coach in the NFL team. Uh, but that's going to be the issue for the Carolina Panthers, that there's going to be a ton of openings, and they're going to be the least desirable job because of the owner. Uh, the, I don't even know what the general manager has been doing, if he's going to be here still. Uh, but it's it's an issue. But Jero Vero, and I'm sure he doesn't even want the job. Let's go back to what Diana Rossini reported last week where he was asked in Denver to be the interim once they fired Nathaniel Hackett, and he said, nah, I'm good. This is a terrible situation. I don't want this stink on me. He wasn't even asked because Chris Tabor, we wonder why Chris Tabor got the job. I think we can kind of surmise how he got it and why he got it based off of the reporting from this week. I'm not saying anything, but I'm saying something. Uh, but Chris Tabor, he was the only one that David Tepper – really approached for the job, of course, and he has done it before in the past in, up in Chicago. But Jero Vero has proven that he deserves an opportunity to be a head coach somewhere. And we can sit here, we can talk about they got to have a young offensive head coach to be the play caller and work with Bryce. And I'll keep going back to D'Amico Ryans down in Houston. The Texans, I know they got blown out today by the Jets, but they're 7-6. and six. C.J. Stroud has looked excellent. Hopefully he's going to be okay. He's in concussion protocol. But they have been outstanding so far this season under their first-year head coach, especially considering the expectations that there were placed on Houston. He is a defensive coach, and somehow he's been able to find an offensive staff that has gotten the most out of their first-round quarterback. You don't think a Jero Vero can't do that here in Carolina? He can't go find somebody? Haven't worked where he's been at with Los Angeles, he can't find somebody to come in here and run the offense. And then if that person leaves one day, because that's typically what happens, if they're successful, they leave one day, he can't find a way to replace that guy with another good offensive mind. It can work both ways. Like Kyle Shanahan, every single year, is having to replace his D.C. because they're, com- they're becoming head coaches, and the 49ers defense is still good. It can't be the same on offense. And I know it can be difficult to do. We saw Ron Rivera, when he lost Chud, that – the offense wasn't where it was, but then it got back being the number one offense in the freaking league in 2015. Like, it, it can be difficult. I totally understand that. But David Tepper is a fool if he does not give this guy an opportunity. Like, seriously, he he should be a head coach somewhere. Would love for it to be here. Because you keep the continuity on defense. They don't have to learn a new system. I guess Jeremy Chin's gone because he doesn't want to use him. But you get to keep the continuity there. Clearly, that defensive coaching staff works well together. This could be an excellent defense if they can just stay healthy. I'd love for him to be here in Carolina. 
but he's probably going to be elsewhere because David Tepper's not going to give him an opportunity because he's laser focused on an offensive coach. That totally worked out for him last time. And I guess Chris Tabor is going to stick around too since he's David Tepper's boy and maybe James Campen. It's frustrating, but that's just that's going to be our reality. Gerald Vero's done a great job. Derek Brown has had a career year. He needs to get paid before Brian Burns at this point in time because that dude has just been awesome this year. And the Panthers somehow somehow found a way to rush for 104 yards and lose, to outgain the Saints by almost 100 yards and lose, to run 27 more plays in the Saints and lose the game because the passing offense is broken. Thomas Brown is awful at his job. And, well, the defense, unfortunately, they can't score all the points by themselves. So there we are. The Carolina Panthers lose 28-6 on the road in New Orleans. They're 1-12, and they're back home to face off against the Falcons on Sunday. Can't wait. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow the show for free right here on YouTube. Where 150 of you are right here live with me. And thank you to all the folks that have come in, gone to watch the show today. You can also check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Wednesday, I'll be back to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. <laughs> and as always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.